So if there are over 100 commands given to the church in the New Testament that cannot be fulfilled by the traditions that we generally cling to, then we have to be really careful that we've not embraced traditions that are making impossible fulfilling the commands given to us in the New Testament for the church. And so there is a tension there. And sometimes the church is trying to overcome that tension by creating new structures, and that is admirable. We need to think through how do we create structures that will allow this to be more likely. But that's, a, that's sort of like looking at the commands and then trying to figure out, okay, we're holding to all these traditions, but how can we hold to all of our traditions and then find sort of innovative ways to, to get some of these commands actually accomplished? What about taking a big step back and really looking at all the commands and then asking a, a more foundational question? What kind of structure would make obeying all these commands most likely? Welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast, where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. So today's episode was taken from one of our coaching intensives called A House for Community, where we provide households with personal coaching how to build a community and turn your home into a hub for community relationships. So if you're interested in learning more about A Thousand Houses or checking out some of our other resources, visit 1kh.org. Let's jump into today's episode. At the first day during the church intensive uh, for We Are Church, Francis Chan's group out of the Bay Area, they like to spend a lot of time thinking through the distinction between traditions and commands. And the way that they think about this is they begin a conversation, they brainstorm with the whole group. And if you guys could just imagine being in this kind of a group, and they just ask the question, what are some ways that you might describe church? How does, how, if somebody were to ask you, or just a typical cultural way that, that you would describe church, let's just get as many things on the board as we possibly can. And so we'll spend like 20, 30 minutes just outlining all the different ways that people talk about church. Sunday morning worship, small groups, church buildings, a, com- a place for community, youth and children's ministries, communion, all the different things that come to mind when people think about church. And as they be- we began to do that, they created sort of two different uh, buckets for each of those descriptions, traditions and commands. And so we had to really wrestle with, okay, which bucket do we put this one in? Is, you know, is worship services, is that a tradition or is that a command? What about community? Is that a tradition or a command? And so we really wrestled with that. But at the end of the day, we ended up with two lists, lots of traditions and lots of commands. What was really unique or shocking in some ways about looking at those two lists is that when we looked at the ones that, that were under traditions, things like worship services or church buildings, most of what we think of as church really existed inside of that bucket. The other bucket for commands, things like love one another and loving God, and there were things that were not necessarily totally associated with with a church. They would be associated with, of course, our faith or scripture or commands, but not necessarily with church. And as we began to have this conversation, we'd open up to uh, Mark chapter 7 and read this story as we began to think through this. And Mark 7 says this, Now when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition 
of the elders. And when they came from the marketplace, they do not eat from they do not eat unless they wash. I'm going to start over in this. Okay. Now when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. What this means is that when Jesus was being confronted by the Pharisees, Jesus was very specific and really it was very important to him as he was training his disciples that they be able to distinguish man-made traditions and commands. And the main reason for that distinction was that it is totally wrong to set aside commands for the sake of traditions. So if there are commands that we are given in the scriptures and our traditions make those difficult or make those impossible to fulfill, then we have, we have a tension we have to resolve. And what Jesus is saying is you must resolve it by holding faithfully to the commands of scripture. You can't choose traditions of man over those commands. It doesn't mean make traditions wrong. It just means that sometimes a tension exists between traditions and commands. And when that, when that tension exists, you have to make sure that your traditions serve the commands and you don't decide to ignore commands for the sake of holding on to your traditions. That's ex- exactly what Jesus is confronting these Pharisees about. And so one of the things that we began to ask as we were looking at these two buckets, these traditions that we have and these commands, is, is it, is it true that in the church we are holding to traditions that we know cannot help us fulfill the commands given to us in the New Testament? Are there things that we've been commanded in the New Testament that we don't have traditions that actually help us do those? In fact, do we have traditions that kind of get in the way of those things? So an example is in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, Paul was describing what the body of Christ was to look like. And he says something like, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so, so that we can help each other. And then he goes on in 1 Corinthians 12 to describe this incredible interdependence between the different parts of the body and how important it is that they honor each other and they know each other and that they rejoice with those who rejoice and they mourn with those who mourn and that they are interconnected in that way. Now, if this is the basic description of what it means to be a body, again, be a church, but you have a tradition that makes it impossible for people to really, for you to expect that people know each other, love each other, and are interdependent on each other's gifts, then are you holding to a tradition that essentially makes impossible one of the most basic commands given to the church in the New Testament? In fact, there was, I was reading a uh, Rick Warren's book um, that he wrote before The Purpose Driven Life. He wrote a book called The Purpose Driven Church. And in that book, he says there, there are over 100 commands given to the church in the New Testament 
that can only be fulfilled in the context of interdependent relationships. And I was shocked when I read this, and this was in a chapter he was writing about the importance of small groups. But one of the things that shocked me when he said that, and I began to make a list of all these commands, and he's, he's absolutely right. All of these one another commands, of course, assume that you know each other. How can you love each other, uh, love one another, forgive one another, you know, serve each, each other with each other with these gifts? How can you do those things if you don't really know each other, if you're not in a structure that allows for these kinds of close interdependent relationships? So if there are over 100 commands given to the church in the New Testament that cannot be fulfilled by the traditions that we generally cling to, then we have to be really careful that we've not embraced traditions that are making impossible fulfilling the commands given to us in the New Testament for the church. And so there is a tension there. And sometimes the church is trying to overcome that tension by creating new structures, and that is admirable. We need to think through how do we create structures that will allow this to be more likely. But that's, a, that's sort of like looking at the commands and then trying to figure out, okay, we're holding to all these traditions, but how can we hold to all of our traditions and then find sort of innovative ways to, to get some of these commands actually accomplished? What about taking a big step back and really looking at all the commands and then asking a more foundational question. What kind of structure would make, make obeying all these commands most likely? What is he really describing in the New Testament? What is the church if it's supposed to be this loving, interdependent family? What, what structure would create such a thing so that that is the basic understanding and experience of what it means to be a part of the church? And so this distinction between traditions and commands is very important to kind of get correct in, in our own hearts. Because as we began to talk through how-tos, one of the things that we need to be very careful about is to constantly ask the question as we are developing traditions, tweaking current traditions or building out new traditions, what, what are the commands of Scripture? And are these traditions, these structures, are they helping us get closer and closer to obedience to the commands given to us about the church in the New Testament? Or is there, are we creating a growing tension between these commands and the traditions? So this whole distinction, I think, is very important. When you think of the church, do you think of traditions? And really ask yourself, are you holding on to traditions of men and putting aside the commands of God, the very thing that Jesus describes in this passage? So as we continue, let's continue to like look at all that we're doing through that lens and really understand these commands and build structures that will help us be obedient to the vision Jesus had for his bride in the New Testament. Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If this teaching stirred something in you and you and your family are sensing any kind of calling or a pool to maybe go down this path in community, We'd love to be a resource to you as you explore this. So if that's you, we want to invite you to join our coaching intensive called A House for Community, where we're going to combine online content and personal coaching for you to provide you with the teaching and the tools and definitely the encouragement that you're going to need to see your home become a house for healthy kingdom relationships. For more information and to apply for this coaching intensive, go to 1kh.org slash community coaching. We'll see you guys for the next episode.